Well, I want to give you this word before we are seated because we want to be reverent, especially on Sunday one of 23. (laughs) What a great passage to start the year off. Let's go to Revelations chapter three, verses 14 through 22. It's talking about the seven dead churches. So exciting, huh? (laughs) It's going to be good. Don't worry. Don't, Don't freak out. It's going to be good. Verse 14, to the angel of the church in Laodicea, I had to practice that because I still get it tongue-tied. They are the words of amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. Little context here, Revelation is a prophetic book of the end time spoken by John, the same one who wrote 1 John in the gospel of John, the one who stood by the cross, whom the disciple whom Jesus loved. Yes, that's him who wrote this word. To the angel of the church in Laodicea. I just wanted to practice that again. Right. These are the words of the amen, so be it, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither hot or cold, but I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. Ooh. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need a thing, but you do not realize that you're wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Who feels encouraged today? All right, verse 18, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so you can become rich and white clothes to wear so you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve to put on your eyes so you can actually see. Those who, I'm love, those who I love, I rebuke and discipline. You know, if, if God deals you like sons and daughters, you endure chastening, the Bible says in Hebrews, like if he disciplines you, it's because he loves you. If he didn't discipline you, that wouldn't be a very good parent, would it? We have a hot mess of a child, 15, 20, no, let's say 32 don't know what to do, don't know when the trash comes, don't know how to pay a bill. Come on, somebody, discipline your children. Anyway, I'm just talking about the Bible here. Here I am. Look to your neighbor and say, here he is. I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. To the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. He is speaking as the Christ here. Y'all getting this? Whoever has ears, touch your ear and say, do I got one of these? Touch it. Is it there? Is there one on this side? If you only got one, that's okay. Let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. My title this morning is Living Lukewarm. And this is going to be good. And don't get this weird. But as you take your seats, I want you to find six people, high five them, tell them, you look hot today. You look hot. Don't make it weird. Don't take your cultural definition of what I'm saying and apply it to the Bible because Jesus had his own cultural definition. You look so hot today. You look hot today. You, you look hot today, Ben. <laughs> Gabe, you look hot, brother. Thank God for that. So good. 2023 is good. People are starting to respond, Jen. 
I think it's because you're on the front row today. I think that's why they're, they're following a good role model. The worship was better. The praise was better. Everything was better because of Jen on the front row. <laughs> uh, Jen's mom, Virginia, always watches online, just so you know. When you hear me talk about Virginia Nutter Butters, that's Jen's mom. In Granite City, Illinois? Bel- Belleville, yeah. I'm from West County. I, I just call it Illinois. I don't know the difference. Just kidding. Just kidding. So it stays like today, if y'all know me, the first thing I do when I get up is I make a hot cup of chocolate. No, coffee. Hot chocolate would be good. I agree. I agree. And anybody that likes coffee or hot drinks, nobody says, can I have the lukewarm version, please? And, and I would just... There was such a stellar representation of hot coffee last year. It made the 22 JG Coffee Award nominee for the hottest coffee I've ever had in a hotel. When me and Chloe went to Charlotte, North Carolina, we stayed in the Ballantine Hotel. It's a really nice hotel. They got a really cool water fountain. And depending on what time of year, sometimes it's off. So you go there to get a picture and there's no water. But then if you go there when it's warm, the water's flowing anyway. You have to try it. They had the most piping, smoking hot, melt your face off coffee. Protect yourself as a weapon. Throw it on someone's coffee that I've ever had. And I'd say, Chloe, this is so amazing. This, is, this makes me come back. You know what the worst is when we go to like, I won't say Denny's because we go there. They got the best chicken strips. And if we go there or we go somewhere else and you say, can I have the coffee, please? Especially when it's early morning and that's before you eat, because that's really why you go to breakfast is for the coffee first in the diner mug. That's part of the experience. And they bring it out and they're like, here you go. Like it's so good. And it's lukewarm. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like some other relatives who will straight up tell them it's bad. I'll just be like, Chloe, no good. And I'll just drink it anyway. But like rule number one, it's got to be hot. And if it's not, it's no good. It's lukewarm. It's, It's in the middle. It's not really cold. It's just like room temperature. You know, another horrible lukewarm story I could share with you that may, may resonate with you and may be totally weird to you. But when I was a kid, my mom would put hot dogs in a thermos for lunchtime. Anybody remember what a thermos is? Do people remember lunchboxes? You know, you got your themed thermos with your lunchbox to go together. And every year, just like now kids get a, get a, like a, a Louis Vuitton backpack or something. They, back then they got a metal tin matching lunchbox with a matching thermos. And, and the next year you get to pick out a new one. Maybe it's the Hulk one year. Maybe it's Spider-Man one year. That was a big deal to us back in the 80s. And so my mom would put a hot dog in the thermos. And she thought all my adolescent elementary years that that was working. And I never told her that by lunchtime, I pulled the thing out and I ate it cold, lukewarm. It wasn't cold. It was just room temperature warm. And so nowadays I still have a problem eating them this way. And so does my son. And I guess it's because that's how we always ate them. But nobody likes lukewarm. God doesn't like lukewarm. Isn't that funny? They're talking about hot and cold, but not the in-between. And so I thought it was fitting that when we start off the new year, everybody's on fire for God. This is the year the Lord has made. Yeah. 
And then by February, they're like, it's cold. I don't know. I don't know. I'll watch online. You know, it fizzles. What happens to the temperature, right? It starts going back to the room temperature. The energy level drops. And what's cool here is he talks about cold, too, in a way that culturally we would call a negative, but God here calls it a positive. Like when I hear the Bible say cold, I'm thinking numb, flat, no life. But that's not what God's talking about. He's saying you want to be cold or hot, but not lukewarm. Did you know, how many have been to Laodicea or modern day Turkey or the Western Asia Minor section of Asia? Don't worry, I had to look this up because I don't like know it. I just like to act like I do. Isn't that good? Good actor. No, I'm kidding. God spoke it to me through my Logos Bible app. Laodicea did not have a water supply of its own. So they had to bring in freezing water from uh, Calisay, where the Colossian church was. And then they had to bring on piping hot water from Heropolis. These are great words for your children. Look at that full head of hair. Let's name him Heropolis. What do you think, Sherry? But they did not have a water supply of their own. so, So when the water got to Laodicea, oh, it's starting to come to me easy. It was always lukewarm. Always. Now, isn't it funny that God took a practical problem with the city, but was actually addressing their spiritual concern? He was actually talking about their spiritual deadness because they had become lukewarm and weren't always that way. Remember, he says, I know your deeds, your deeds, like what what you do, what you've done, where you put your faith in, and you're not hot or cold. And I wish you were one or the other, he said. The writer of Revelation, which is John, speaks to this, what I'm calling a numbness of that in-between that has progressed through the church of Laodicea and six others, by the way, in Revelations. And they're all kind of in that region, just so you know. They're all churches that Paul helped get going and they would witness to and they shared letters. Paul instructed them to share each other's epistles so they could like stay strong, but they just kind of fizzled and went their own way over time. The writer speaks to that numbness that has progressed through the church there and that the numbness can turn into unwillingness and unwillingness can work us straight out of the will of God. Isn't that good? Don't you feel encouraged today? The text preached here is speaking to a church that has lost its zeal for God's word and that would never be our church, I'm just saying because we, we could never fall to the same problems the rest of humanity fell to since the existence of the world, right? That can't happen to us. It's not real now. Then why are we talking about it? They lost their zeal. Who knows what zeal is? It's like excitement, charisma, energy for God. Their zeal. You've heard of overzealous? Like, whew, they were overzealous. Like, settle down. Like they, were, they had too much zeal, like the crazy zeal. But what if we had that kind of zeal? God obviously wants us to have that kind of zeal because he's talking about how they lost their zeal and instead made, it about, made the church about their wants and needs. 
What if the modern church, the modern church, that's us, was susceptible to the same problem as we're reading about? How do we navigate the danger of the enemy creating an image of self-sufficiency in our walk so much that we lose the mission of God's church? Like you can really make church about your needs and your needs are important. And the way you meet your needs is not like the world teaches us to go meet our needs. We meet our needs through a selfless way of meeting others' needs. And that's why the church is fulfilled and satisfied and sustained because they're actually taking their problems and solving them by helping others with theirs. Isn't that good? God's smart. Like he's done this before, you know? Like what was he like, the alpha and the omega? Yeah. I don't think he had a counselor, Jen. Oh, y'all heard that scripture too? That's a good one everybody quotes, but when you really think about it, God orchestrated something so perfect here. We can lose the mission in selfish, self-sufficient, I meant to say self-sufficient, selfish, self-sufficiency in our walk. What can church do for me? What can God do for me? And that's a good way to start, but that's not a good way to finish. That's a good way to start the journey, but that's not a good way to sustain the journey. We tend to start off the year like that really hot cup of coffee from the Ballantine Hotel, but dot, dot, dot. We get lukewarm, right? We eventually take it to the microwave, if you're like me. I microwave my same cup like 18 times a day at home. Because I'm like, I'm going to drink it. Sometimes I find it there a couple days later, Jen, in the microwave, because I forgot to even take the thing out, and it's moldy. Did I say that? That used to happen. Now I drink it. It's gross, but it's true. We speak the truth here. Is that good? You want a truthful church? I like a truthful church. And it's sad that's actually a question in the church. God has challenged me today to ask y'all with the question of what's the average temperature in your spiritual house? I didn't say what's the temperature. I said what's the average temperature because temperatures come up and go down. I got my, my Android watch on here. It tells me my heartbeat, my temperature, my breaths, my sleeping, my oxygen level, everything. Like it, it fluctuates. It's pretty amazing if you actually watch it all the time. Like I can tell you that between 4 and 6 a.m., my resting heart rate is the lowest of my day. And it's really weird. I guess they call that REM sleep. That's like your deep sleep. It gets to around 43. And then I walk around around 65, 70 BPM. And then when I'm really excited or I get anxiety, like sometimes before I got to preach, I can feel my heart, my heart thumping. Yeah, I've had it since I was a kid. It'll jump into like 112 for a second. And then I go, the Lord is my strength. And it goes right back down to 75. Like there's a fluctuation of temperature in your body. And there's a, there's a fluctuation of temperature in your real house. I know y'all cranking the heaters because we like it warm in America. And then there's a fluctuation of temperature in your spiritual temple. So what's your temperature? What's your average temperature? And some of y'all might say, you know what? My temperature has changed over the years. That's good to know. But what direction did it change to? God likes it really hot and really cold, but not lukewarm. What happens is when we become like this church and make it all about us, our needs. We don't notice God anymore in this process. And it's not even, it's not even conscious 
This happens over like a decade. A little compromise, I've, I've seen it happen a million times, not a million, dozens of times. You start off with a little compromise, just a little, just an inch. You know how they say, give, give them a foot, they'll take a yard. Like, give sin an inch, give compromise an inch, and the devil will take a yard. That's real good, isn't it? Because it's true. But guess what? He don't take the yard the next day. He takes it over the next five years. And the next time you go to think about this, it's been 10. And all of a sudden, you're like, my temperature was 70, and now it's 60 all the time. Or now it's this or that. Like, that change is a real subtle, sneaky, progressive thing the devil does to our walk, and eventually you turn into Laodicea. You don't even know it. You thought it was a nice place for vacation. I'm not going there for my trip. I'm going to Gulf Shores. <laughs> Gulf Shores, Jen. Anyway, it's progressive. It's incremental. And everything the enemy does to destroy our journey is not overnight. Always, most of the times, it's subtle, progressive, incremental, little, little compromises that eventually changes the temperature and makes us lukewarm. And before we know it, we're living lukewarm, and we don't even know it. We don't even know it that we're waking up discouraged. We're waking up ready to fight. We're waking up ready to be angry first. All these things... You know what I do when I can't remember the scripture? I'll just go, what would Jesus do? And then it brings me right back. If you, can't, if you don't know the Bible, that's okay. All you got to do is say, what would Jesus do? Is that what he would do? If, if your brethren offended you, would you get mad and scream at them? Or would you try to be slow to speak and quick to listen? Like, would you, would you, would you be slow to evaluate your, your judgment on them and, and rather maybe think maybe there's a misunderstanding, like maybe it's a communication thing. Like there's a lot of elements in there that take time to slow yourself down and process before decisions made. And so if we don't be conscious of that, we can be unconsciously transformed into a lukewarm Christian who goes to a lukewarm assembly. We call it a church because the lukewarm Christians that come together form a lukewarm church because the plurality of individuals serving the Lord is a church. It's not this space, which is cool, by the way. Our wall's finally going up backstage this week. Well, he said that 87 times in 2022. No, really, the framing went back there. We got our permit. The, I had, we, 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 the church, had to excavate the back this week, yesterday, and, and because the framer's going at it tomorrow. Isn't that cool? And as much as I can't wait to have classrooms and no shrapnel on the floor and no fear of death for our children, that's a joke, people. Lighten up. I'm just kidding. We got security watching if they grab a stud or something. As much as I love that and want that, if the people aren't hot and cold for Jesus Christ, it's dry bones in here. The body of this building is dry bones because what gives it life is the people. And without the people, it's a building. And with the people, it's a house of worship. You know, the county or the city labels it a house of worship based on a bunch of formalities, but God labels it a house of worship based on the people. So the county can give us that thing they gave us last year where it's rezoned and it's a house of worship, but without the people, it's still a building. 
Laodicea's church was just a building at this stage. Because God says, if you're lukewarm, you're not his. If the church is lukewarm, it's, 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 it's not existent, basically. Like this was, I'm being nice here. This was God really telling these people, I'm going to spit you out because you're not mine. Like that sounds gross, right? Like what did he eat that day? You know, like you think about it gross. That's, how, that's good because then you'll remember, like I don't want to be spit out by God. God loves you. But the scripture is still there. And because he loves you, we have to be disciplined to not turn into a lukewarm church. They locked Christ out of their life. They made their walk their definition instead of his definition. Can we be in church today and not be in Christ today? Happens all the time. The tradition says it's about your attendance. The Bible says it's about your relationship. There's 100% difference. One is dead, one is alive. One may get you a date, yeah, but church is not a social club to find a date. And that's great if it happens, but that's not why your church exists. Your church exists first for God, to worship, to grow, to learn, and all those others are fruits of that. But when it becomes only about the church thing and we take out the in Christ thing, that's what I'm talking about here. Is this making sense? That's all they did. That's all they did. Just because they didn't have the internet and didn't have Facebook and Instagram and all the things that we, we compare it to doesn't mean they had the same, they didn't have the same way of thinking and application of how we just kind of once a month it, or we just twice a year it, or we just watch online in our jammies. Like none of that, like, like this is the same thing. We become lukewarm. God wants it hot or cold. When I become too much focus, we lose the him in our walk. We can't notice what God wants to show us when we're consumed by ourselves. Guilty. It's part of, part of till in the garden. Remember, the temperature changes, the fruit in the garden changes, the, 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 the thorns change. That's why this church is called One Seed, because it's about that garden in your heart. And it's a continual cultivating, uh, tilling process. You're going to have hot and cold seasons. You're going to have lukewarm seasons. The difference is, how do we manage to get back out of lukewarm so we can keep staying our average temperature in the hot or cold of God's will? He said it's got to be hot or cold, but not in between. Oh, this is going to get good. Y'all gonna, y'all need to pray for me, okay? So I didn't tell you. <laughs> oh, slap your leg. It's going to be so funny. Just be like, oh, this is going to be funny. I came into the new year cold as ice. See, y'all think it's a negative. God says that's a positive. How many know what the cold plunge is? My family, go figure. Nobody know what a cold plunge is? It's a tub with some water. It's 39 degrees. And then you get into here. And can I, can I tell you all something? The Lord, the Lord sent this to my house to make me not be lukewarm. No, but seriously, I got, I got the cold plunge. And the first time I got in it, it was 57 degrees. 
This was after months of cold showers. You're going to think I'm crazy. Pray for me. I got in, and I shook like I was dying, Jen. And I had my wife videotape it because it was funny. And I did three minutes. And, and they say, like, that's normal, and you just breathe, and all of a sudden you just kind of stop shaking. And, and I did that for a couple of days. And then by, like, week two, Mike, five minutes, 39 degrees right to here every day. No shake. Isn't that something? That's like a cold immersion. And it's, the Bible calls cold refreshing. Oh, you're going to love this. Just hang with me. I'm not crazy. In fact, I'm so not crazy, Jen. God put the cold plunge in the text today. He put it in the text. You know they had cold plunges in Laodicea. Legit, for real. But I'm going to go there in a second. The extreme opposite, they call it hot cold therapy. Who knows what infrared sauna is? Okay? The infrared sauna is the other extreme. I know, they say if you do too many, too quick, back and forth, you can have heart palpitations and spasms and heart attack and all that stuff. You just got to breathe and take it slow. But what I'm saying to you is if you do the, the hot one, that's, that's the kind of hot the Bible talks about that's rejuvenating. It's a deep tissue repair. And because it's infrared, just in case y'all looking to buy a sauna, it's not as hot as a dry sauna that dries you out because it's hitting you from the outside in, and the, dry sauna, the infrared goes through the skin. So you can go to lower temperature and get a deeper penetration of rejuvenation. Isn't that good? Are we talking about the Bible here? Yes, we are. So there's this hot, cold therapy that's really trending right now in modern America and in the sports world and now in the consumer market, and uh, I'm guilty of like liking it. And, and I thought that's what God's doing here in the text. He's saying, y'all need some hot, cold therapy to get out of the lukewarm state of always just being comfortable room temperature, because only at the stream ends of those spectrums do you feel something happen. Whether it's hot or cold, you feel something extreme happen, and God needs extreme people in a good way for his church to be on fire, metaphorically. Now watch this. This is so crazy. Remember, Colossae had freezing water. It was very Arctic. And it would come in through pipes to Laodicea. And by the time it got there, it was lukewarm. And then Heropolis had piping hot water from their springs. And it would come into Laodicea and it would be, this is the most grammar I've had to speak of funny words in one sermon ever. It would be lukewarm. Now, did you know this going to blow your mind. God spoke this this morning. I said, Michelle, this is a little crazy. Like, God spoke this. God does that. Did you know in Laodicea, they had what's called a Roman bath complex? Y'all know what a Roman bath complex is? Okay. You know what a, a, a sauna, like, a, what do they call it? In a, what is it? No, like a sauna, like, like you go to get your nails done and you get your feet cleaned up. and Spa, yeah, not a sauna. <laughs> It was like a Roman time spa in the middle. Guess where it was? In the middle of the lukewarm Laodicea. And what they had was extremely hot caldarium. It's like a hot tub. And then they had a tepidarium, which is a lukewarm tub. And guess what they had, otherwise known as a cold plunge, a frigidarium. For real. They were doing hot, cold therapy in the middle of their lukewarm place. 
way back then. And if you don't believe me, just Google it. Google Roman um, bath complex. So here's the, here's the thing. This is why it's so funny that the whole cold plunge thing and all that, like the text actually translated it today as a frigidarium cold plunge. In the, and then I said, I said, but that's funny, God. It's in the middle of this lukewarm, dead place. So what he's saying there is at the center is the ability to change your temperature, but they chose not to get in. But at any time, they could have got in the hot, the cold. There was a lukewarm option. And then they get their nails done or whatever after. I don't know. They would get oiled and it just sounded weird. I just skipped that part. But that was a Roman bath complex experience. So the thing that caught my attention here is that we have this Colossae source in our life. That's Jesus. And we have this Heropolis source in our life. That's Jesus. And then we have this lukewarm source in our life. That's the devil. And so at any time in our house or our temple, we can change the temperature to extremes if we choose when we have the Holy Spirit in us, because that's Jesus. So all along, they had a choice, Jen, to change their temperature, but they chose not to. And so it got to a point where John's like, I got to write about this because God said he's going to spit them out. We quit seeking growth, clarity, and revelation and become like them as lingering. Nobody likes a lingering anything, a lingering cough, a lingering sickness. How about a lingering Christianity? How about a lingering faith? Lukewarm is dangerous. Lukewarm is cocky and arrogant. Lukewarm speaks before it listens, and lukewarm knows everything. Anybody seen lukewarm before? Anybody felt lukewarm before? Amen, brother. Your house, your spiritual house, is meant to stay in extreme temperatures for God's mission. Otherwise, it's not God's mission. Lukewarm doesn't count. Doesn't mean it's the end of the road, but it's not the place you want to stay. And church doesn't have to live lukewarm. lukewarm. The church doesn't have to live that way. That's the church God is speaking about. That's not his church. So what's the average temperature in your spiritual house? Maybe it's lukewarm today, but what are you going to change it to when you leave here? You're going to take a Colossae plunge for a three-minute and see that I can handle this. I thought, you know, something really funny they say about this whole cold plunge thing. They say it makes you feel so good because while you're in there, you think you're going to die. They say, so when you get out, you just feel so happy for life. (laughs) You're like, I feel so good. It's a joke, people. It's actually a good thing. (laughs) This uh, cold plunge advocate, he, he was making all these jokes like that. It's really an epinephrine that rises in your in your body, and then all of a sudden you feel happy, and it's, you know, anyway. Some of y'all need to get in the Calisay tub today, 
or some of y'all need to jump in the, the Heropolis sauna tub. If you don't have one, go find one. And you need to feel what it feels like to go there for Jesus. Because when you feel the extreme range that you've been missing, then you're going to go, wow, I was lingering, stagnant, feeling less. I mean, I felt Jesus once in a while, but I was not on fire or on ice for him. That's opening the door. What they did was shut the door and said, this is it. I got money, they said. I got my needs. Therefore, I don't need what God has for me. And that's what took them lukewarm. But today, we have the chance, if it's been shut, to open the door again. To open the door again. The door never is locked by God. What happens is we take the key and say, God locked it. <laughs> it's locked, everybody, and you're holding the key. It's like when I got the sunglasses on my head. I'm like, who took Camilla? Did you take my sunglasses? And they're sitting on my head. And I really became an adult who did that. We hold the key and say, the door's locked. I've shut it too many times. How dare God open it? And God says, open it. You got the key. If you don't want to be lukewarm, open the door. I got hot, cold, I got whatever you need right through this door. But you got the key. Quit blaming me, says the Lord. Why would you blame me for something I already gave you? Why would you say I haven't provided enough when I already provided you so much you're not even touching what I gave you? It's been sitting on the shelf of your heart. You've got the key to open the door again. It's real easy to get comfy in our jammies. Anybody get the Christmas jammies they were just for the Christmas morning picture? And then you never see them again. Us two, I said, Michelle, don't buy me the flannels. Like I get, I get hot. I do just the pants and a t-shirt. Like I can do the jammy pants, but some of us just want to wear jammies for 2023. That's not going to get you far. Sometimes you got to get out and get dressed for Jesus and go out and take the word with you. That's what being in Christ is versus being at church. I'm taking the word with me everywhere I go. That's in Christ. You can't separate the two. But I can leave Jesus at home, come to church, get the coffee, have a good time, go home, and never talk about God, never praise, never do nothing. And that's still good that you're taking some kind of active step, but you're in danger of becoming lukewarm. Y'all getting this today? We, we can be encouraged because we're not in this state. And this word is to protect us from ever getting in that state. And if you sense as an individual, you might be headed to that state or just on the brink of it, I'm telling you, open the door again. Open the door again. If y'all can stand with me as we close up Sunday 1, 2023, at 1C Church. Who set like a... I don't want to say a New Year's resolution. Who? That's totally fine if you call it that. Who, who set a New Year's resolution for 2023? Anybody want to share what it is? I can just tell you what it is. Get, get healthy. Be nicer. Love people. Spend less. Who wants to share? That's all you got? I got them? Okay, good. See, God told me what you had. <laughs> but 
what's something we said in our house, we're gonna, we're gonna focus on living with less, which really means, no good, which means get rid of the mess. Because to live fully for Christ, we gotta get rid of the mess. It's, it's like a weight. You can get a lot of nice stuff and be anchored down to it. It's like dragging it through the sand. Worse than that, it's like dragging it through gravel. That's pretty hard to drag and be, be efficient when you're being weighted down by the mess. So our, our motto is living with less this year. And the other thing is, somebody asked me what my personal was, one was, I said, I'm gonna look people in the eye more, like my kids and my wife. I'm gonna look them in the eye and people, everybody, I'm gonna look you in the eye better Instead of being like, yeah, 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 I'm always talking, you're always talking to my head. Now I'm gonna like look at you in the eye and say, you know, you have, you're a person. You have a face and a name. And I'm gonna challenge you today to look Jesus in the eyes. And you're like, well, Jesus went to heaven. He doesn't, he's not here like that. We can't see him. We just, yes, you can with your spiritual eyes and ears. Remember he said, whoever has ears to hear, let hear what the spirit says. That means there's a way to hear and there's a way to see. And also Jesus said in the gospel, if you have eyes to see and the spirit see, I've forgiven sin better than raising this dead person or whatever, like in in spiritual ears to hear. So this year, we're going to look Jesus in the eyes. We're going to make eye contact with God and we're going to still pray and we're going to still remember and we're still going to think about what he's done, but we're going to actually remember what he looks like in our life. What does he look like in your life? If you don't know, start looking. Maybe you just haven't looked in a while. We all got to look once in a while. The enemy will never handle a radical church. The enemy can't handle a radical church, but the enemy can handle a lukewarm church. And to defeat the devil for good, you got to be rejuvenated and on fire, getting rid of those dead cells, getting rid of the, getting the new cells, getting stronger for God by getting out of that lukewarm state. So this year, we're kicking it off big. We're putting our building up. We're resurrecting our bones so more of God's church comes in this house. So then when we have more to offer the people, the people will grow themselves. We've got our road sign going out by the road here next month. We've got a lot of big things because we want to be radically hot and cold for God. That's it. I'm Audi 5 if this is a boring average church. I'm going in hot or cold for God. And if I don't do it, I can't expect y'all to do it. So I'm doing it, and I know it shows because I'm crazy like that. So I want y'all to do it with me because if we do it like this together, this, this world, this Missouri don't know what just hit them. Do you believe it? Do you believe we can be the church that's different, that really gets the lost attention this year? You got to do it big. You got to get the pulse back. Remember the defibrillators? Boop. You got to get the pulse back. And you can't do it lukewarm. And so we're not going to do it lukewarm. And I dare you to get on the hot and cold journey with me. And God, we give praise today. Every head bowed, every hand lifted. We're going to glorify you coming out of our first Sunday. We're going to glorify you giving thanks coming into January 15th, our five-year anniversary. We were supposed to fail in year one, and here we are getting our new building built, and we're just starting the game. We're here to do it for you, God. We're thankful for that. We're getting we're getting rejuvenated now so we can hit 2023 strong, on fire, putting the devil on ice and kicking him out the door. We praise you now. And if the house of God can say in Jesus' name, everybody say amen.